Well, good evening. When we first started talking about this evening and this season and we were going to be sharing our favorite Christmas stories, well, my mind just went crazy because, you know, after 40-plus years of marriage, there's a lot of special Christmases along the way. And I was thinking, what do I share? What do I talk about? And then I realized I have the best Christmas story of all to tell you about tonight, and that's when we got a baby for Christmas. Now, that's a pretty good gift, wouldn't you say? So let me tell you a little bit about my story, but we're also going to be talking about some other babies that came for Christmas, and that's John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus Christ himself. Who doesn't want to talk about a baby, and who doesn't want to share the joy and the laughter that comes when a new baby comes into the household. But I'm going to be honest with you, there are all kinds of reactions that come with the announcement that a baby is on the way. And I know you may have experienced some of those things yourself with that unexpected baby or that baby that you had it all planned out and then, you know, things just didn't go right. So we're going to talk tonight about some actions, some reactions, and how those announcements of a baby changed people's lives. Mary, Joseph, Zachariah, and Elizabeth, my husband and I, we all got a very special Christmas gift. We were given a gift. Zachariah and Elizabeth had been praying for this gift. And Mary and Joseph willingly accepted the gift that God gave to them. And they got the best gift of all because that child was the promised one who would change the world. The announcement of a child always brings reaction. Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 15, Zechariah had gone into the temple. He was a priest and it was his turn to go in and be in the Holy of Holies. And while he was there, something astonishing happened. An angel appeared to him. So, well, let's just read it together. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Zachariah's response, well, actually, I have been in this building when there's nobody in here and it's dark and I'm telling you if an angel popped up in front of me, I might be startled too. But it was deeper for Zechariah than just being startled. Zechariah was afraid. And when the angel told him that he was there to answer his prayer, Zechariah didn't respond with a heart of rejoicing. He responded with a heart of skepticism a heart of doubt that said, are you sure? And I love later on in the chapter when Zechariah says to the angel, how do I know that what you said's really going to happen? And the angel looks at him and says, I'm Gabriel. I've been in the throne room of God. I've been sent with a message. In other words, really, man, are you kidding me? I'm Gabriel. And you're going to question if I know what I'm talking about? Well, Zechariah did question, 
And as a result, he was unable to speak until the time of John's birth. Zechariah responded with fear and doubt. He let his fears grip his heart. He let his fears put a shadow on a promise to a prayer that he and his wife had been praying for many years. But how did Elizabeth, his wife, respond when she heard the news? And I imagine he had to write down a note because the scripture tells us, tells us that Zechariah communicated by writing things out that, can you imagine your husband handing you a note when you're an older lady that says, uh, surprise, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> what? But Elizabeth responded in a totally different way than Zechariah did. Elizabeth responded with rejoicing. And when she actually did realize she was pregnant, the scripture says that she secluded herself for five months, but she responded to the Lord. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Where Zechariah responded with fear and doubt, Elizabeth responded in a private way. She responded in a way that her rejoicing and her joy was focused on the Lord and not even around you know, she could have been walking around town and been the attention of everybody in the town because is it true? Will Elizabeth really have a child in her old age? But she chose to keep those things close to her heart and to share those moments with the Lord and to share with a grateful heart, almost in awe and wonder of what God had done in her life. Well, let's move on to our second couple, Joseph and Mary. How did they respond to this announcement of a child? Honestly, when Joseph heard that Mary was going to have a child, he responded in, in a very noble and righteous way, but it was very interesting the way he responded. He was disappointed and had every right to be. There was distress in his life but he also felt a sense of protectiveness towards Mary. And how do I know that? I know that because of the way the scripture says that he thought about these things and he didn't react and take action immediately, but he waited. He thought it through. He was waiting to see honestly what he should do. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. That comes from Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. You see, he was thinking about, what should I do? He had rights. As her betrothed, he had rights. He could have divorced her quietly. He could have made a public spectacle of her. He could have put her in a situation that she would have been judged and possibly even stoned because of unfaithfulness. But Joseph thought about these things. He was a man who was given to think and responding to what he knew the law said he could do, but what should he do? Well, what was Mary's response? Mary's response was one of acceptance. Lord, be unto me as you have said. 
pondering and treasuring. Luke chapter 2 verse 19 says that Mary treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So many of the things that she was told by angels, by Simeon in the temple, when they went to present Jesus at the temple, when Joseph must have shared with her the dream where the angel said to him, take Mary as your wife and raise this son because he is the son of God. All of these things, Mary tucked them away in her heart. Many times when God does things for us or God answers a prayer, we don't fully understand it when it first happens. And it's good to take time to think about these things, to say, Lord, what are you saying to my heart? Lord, how are you going to make this happen? I'm going to respond in obedience as Mary did, but I'm also going to respond with a heart that's open to see what you're saying, O oh Lord. In each of these situations, Zachariah, Joseph, and Mary, there was importance in the name that this child was given. Those of you that know some of our story know that we adopted all four of our children. And when we got our first newborn baby boy, we went to do all the legal work, and our attorney told us, he said, look, I know you guys would like to adopt more children, but I'm just going to be honest with you. There are just not that many newborns out there to be adopted, and especially newborn baby boys, because everybody wants to adopt a newborn and wants a little boy. And with the abortion rates and things that are going on, there are just not that many babies out there to be adopted. So don't expect to ever get another newborn. You know, maybe later you can adopt an older child. Well, if you know me and you know my heart, I'm just like, well, God, if you want us to have another newborn, you'll just bring them. Well, in six months, we had another newborn. God brought another baby into our life. But when our boys were about four and five years old, that summer, I really felt like God was going to give us another son. And I said to Dennis one day, do you like the name Benjamin Parker Clanton? And he went, wow, that's a big name. And I was like, you know, if we have another son, I think that's what I'd like to name him. Well, in just a few months, we got a phone call. And the phone call said, there's another baby. We'll be here after the first of the year, probably late to the end of January. And uh, we just wanted to let you know and see if you guys were interested. Well, my reaction is, yes, we're interested. Let's decorate the, the nursery. My husband's reaction is always, okay, let's pray about this and see if this is what God wants for our family. And I'm just like, you know, if they keep knocking on the door and saying I'm home, they must be from God. And I remember when we went back to our attorney and called him and said, hey, guess what? There's another baby. He was like, I am not telling you anything else. You have just done away with everything that is the normal. But you know, God had a plan. And this little boy that was supposed to come in January showed up on December the 5th. I didn't have a nursery ready. I didn't have any clothes ready. I had even loaned out my baby bed to my sister, and her baby was almost a year old by then. And I'm on the phone going, hey, you got to get that kid out of the bed. I need my baby bed. It's time for you to get a toddler bed. 
So we were rushing around trying to put together a nursery, trying to take care of everything that needed to be done legally, making all the arrangements. It was a flurry in our house. And telling the boys, you have a new brother. His name is Benjamin Parker Clanton. That's a big name. And he was a preemie baby, but he was nine pounds and eight ounces. So I think the big name worked. And if you know Ben, well, there would never be another name for Benjamin. There was importance to us in our kids' names. And we, we looked up what Benjamin means. It means son of my right hand. And that's been our prayer. And I'm going to be honest with you, when all of this COVID stuff started, I could have never done all of these videos and the children's ministries videos. Benjamin has been our right hand in getting all of these things done. God had a plan. God had a family. God put it together. Nothing we could have done, but God put it together. It was important to me what his name meant. It was important to God that he told Zachariah and Elizabeth, name him John. It was important to Mary and Joseph that the angel said, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, as it says in Matthew 1. And I love the scripture out of Isaiah, the prophecy, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, and that means God is with us. Well, there came the time that these babies needed to be delivered. There was a farewell, there was a manger, and for us, there was an airplane. When it came time for Elizabeth to deliver, we don't know why Mary stayed with her for three months. And we don't know if Mary stayed for the delivery. Many believe that she left before John the Baptist was born. She could have stayed. She could have spent her whole time there. But you know, I don't think God ever intended for Mary to be a single mom. I think he intended all along for Joseph to be a part of this story. Well, we know that he did. Because he appeared to Joseph and said, you have a role to play in all this as well. When Elizabeth's child was born, her neighbors rejoiced with her. Luke chapter 1, verse 56 and 57 tells us that story, that her neighbors said, God has shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced together. When Mary and Joseph, when it came time for their baby to be delivered, there wasn't a community around them. They were in a stable. There was a manger for a bed. There was no calling a family member and saying, hey, bring the baby bed over, bring some clothes, bring a blanket. There was a manger. There were animals. But God brought the heavenly host, the angels from heaven itself, to rejoice with them at the birth of their baby. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says, while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, for there was no lodging available for them. Never in her wildest dreams 
will Mary have expected the firstborn, her first child, to wrap him in strips of cloth and lay him in the trough where the, where the animals ate from? That wasn't what she would have planned for her baby. We all want the best. We plan the nurseries. Our next grandson is going to make his appearance in March, and we're already buying things for the nursery and planning and thinking, and what are we going to call him? What's he going to wear? What's the room going to look like? We plan because we love. Mary and Joseph didn't have the privilege of making those plans, but they had the love and they heard the rejoicing of heaven itself at the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, how did our delivery come? He came on an airplane. We went to the airport to meet them. We waited. Everybody got off the plane. And no baby. And we're thinking, did something happen? Did they miss the plane? Did something go wrong with the adoption? Was there a change at the last minute? What happened? And then all of a sudden, the doors open. Out comes the entire flight crew. The pilot, the co-pilot, the flight attendants, and they have in their arms, the pilot has a bundle of a nine-pound, eight-ounce baby boy. And he says, I've never got to deliver a baby before, and I wanted to walk this baby off the plane. You see, we don't always get to plan the way things will go. And it wasn't a typical delivery, but neither was it a typical delivery for Elizabeth and for Mary. Well, these are great stories, you might think. They're good little things, and oh boy, that was fun. Everybody likes a baby at Christmas, but what in the world does that have to do in the middle of a pandemic year to just hear sweet little stories about babies and answers to prayer? Well, let's look at that a little bit. Let's walk through the lives of these families and see what the arrival of a baby had to do. First, life is never predictable. If anything has proved that, this last year has proved that things can change in an instant. Things we never prepared for, things we never even thought to prepare for. But God is still in control in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the unpredictable. As a matter of fact, God orchestrates the unpredictable in our lives so that he can bring about his plan and his promises. We can join Mary in accepting the unpredictable moment that comes in our lives. Mary's rejoiced when the angel said to her, you are about to have the most unpredictable moment you will ever have in your life. And her response was, my soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Read Luke chapter 1, chapter 2, and read how many times these people turned their attention not on their own self and not on their own unpredictable situations, but to rejoicing toward God. Secondly, my reactions to the unpredictable moments will come out of what I've allowed to develop in my life. If I have developed faith, 
If I have developed a heart that leans in toward God in the good moments and the bad moments, when those unpredictable moments come, I'm going to lean right back into my faith. If I have allowed fear and doubt to rule my heart in those unpredictable moments, instead of leaning into God, I'm going to lean into my fears and my doubts. But you know, because of the birth of our Savior, God could extend to us unlimited grace and mercy. Zachariah's first reaction was not what it should have been. But because of God's grace and God's mercy, Zechariah was given a second chance to step up when John was born and to say when he couldn't speak previously, his name is John. Because of God's grace and God's mercy, Zechariah got a second chance to step up in obedience. Third, give God time. Joseph could have reacted immediately. He had the right. Joseph could have gone immediately and said, this woman has disgraced me. But he didn't denounce her publicly and immediately. He took time to, well, really, he took time to sleep on it. And in the midst of his sleep, God spoke to him through a dream and gave him peace, wisdom, direction, and confidence to move forward into the very unknown that was ahead of them. God will speak to us in our moments of the unpredicted, the unexpected, sometimes even the unwanted in our life. If we give him time and we say, God, before I react, please speak to my heart. You see, Zechariah reacted, Mary responded. Joseph listened, and Joseph responded. Fourthly, every time we gaze into the eyes of a child, we hold a little bit of the future in our hands. We always look into those little eyes, be they brown, blue, dark green, Whatever they are, gazing back of us and we think, what does the future hold for this child? We can look into that child's eyes and confidently say, God always keeps his promises. I imagine Elizabeth looked into the little eyes of John the Baptist and said, God keeps his promises. I imagine Mary and Joseph looking into the eyes of a Savior and remembering what they had been taught as children, that a Savior, a Redeemer, a Messiah would come, and thinking God keeps his promises. When we patiently believe, we can hold God's promises just as really as Mary and Elizabeth held their promises and know that God is faithful and he is true. As Simon and Anna looked in the eyes of the infant Jesus and said, now I have seen God's promise fulfilled. You know, when we bring babies to be dedicated, which is really what Mary and Joseph were doing, they were bringing Jesus to the temple to be presented there and bringing sacrifices for their new child. 
And when Simeon and Anna met them, what a glorious time. And when we bring our children and we say, God, you gave me this child and I will be faithful to raise this child as you have said in your word that we should. People always, when they choose life verses, they love this one. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. We look in those newborn eyes and we see all kinds of hope and all kinds of future. Sometimes we look at situations and we see disaster and plans that we think, God, is this possibly good? But hold on to the fact that we don't hold the future. God holds the future. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of his birth, because of his sacrifice on the cross, mercy and grace flow into my life. And Father, when I don't respond as I should, you give me the opportunity to come back to you and say, Father, forgive me and allow me a second chance to respond in obedience. Father, when I don't understand, you have a plan. When I don't see the fulfillment of a promise, your promise is still faithful and true. And in your time, you will bring it about. And Father, I pray that those of us that we are in a moment that we're not understanding 2020, God, would you help us to respond out of a heart of faith, a heart of rejoicing, and a heart that is filled with your word and stand on the promises that you are faithful and true forever and ever. Amen. With you, and I hope that you know that you can contact Woodland Church at any time for prayer or for any other needs that you have. One of our prayers has always been that God would not only make us a house of prayer, but a house of bread. Bread of the living word of God as it's preached and taught, and bread for those that are hungry as well. And I'd also like to just close tonight with a comment on what Becky said. And she said, talking about families, how God puts family together. I want you to listen to this verse of Scripture because it just immediately came to mind and I opened my Bible back up. When Jesus and Mary and Joseph returned, when Joseph brought them back from Egypt and they returned to Israel, the Bible just simply sums it up by saying, the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Aren't you glad God's made you a part of a family, his family, that we've been adopted as his sons and daughters? I know I am so glad and so thankful for how God put our family together. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I don't know who all is watching tonight, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, could I invite you right now to pray with me and surrender your heart and life to Jesus. And maybe you know someone that you ought to just pick up the phone and call and invite them to give their heart to Jesus. So why don't you agree with me while I pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for the amazing grace that you have shown us in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that the door is open to all who would come and all who would call upon the name of the Lord. 
As Becky talked about the color of eyes tonight, I thank you that it doesn't matter where we're from, doesn't matter the color of our skin. Christ died for all human beings, all that would put their faith in him. And so I pray for the man or the woman or even for the young person that feels like they don't have a family tonight. Lord, help them to know that the Father of all fathers, that the great God of heaven, through his Son, Jesus Christ, invites them to be a part of his family. And if that's you, would you just simply pray with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for that very first Christmas. Thank you for the story of your amazing birth. Thank you for your life. And thank you for giving your life upon Calvary so that by faith in you, I could be born again into a brand new life. Have a fresh start. And I don't understand it all, but as much as I do, I commit my life to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. If you prayed that, please let us know here at Woodland. I think it's up on the screen right now. You just contact the office here at church, and we'll be happy to put some things in the mail or email them to you to help you get started in your new life with Jesus. And also, please remember your tithes, your offerings, and your missions gifts. You can give online at www.woodland.church, or you can text to give 77977. Just use the keyword Woodland Church. That's not a misspelling, but Woodland Church, all one word, no space in between Woodland and Church. God bless you. Good night. And honey, thank you so much for that great message.